The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the producers, the affiliates, or digital platforms hosting this podcast. All content is for the purposes of education, conjecture, and at times entertainment. We promote inclusiveness and diversity. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Into the Deep with Jay Casta. Welcome to Into the Deep. I'm Jay Costa. I'm so excited about today's guest. Today's guest is Gina Greary. She's been working with the Palai Center, who hosts spiritual education for people all around the world, founded by Dr. Baskaran Palai. The mission of the Palai Center, as well as Dr. Palai, is to help people understand who they are and what their potential is, as well as to help end the suffering that's caused by being trapped in the illusion of what we sometimes think we are. We talk about so much in this episode. We talk about everything from ego to karma to mantras and meditation. We even talk about the origins of the Shreem Brzee. So join me as we seek light and journey into the deep with Gina Guriri about the Palai Center. Enjoy. Gina, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I truly cannot thank you enough for your your time and your energy and uh, just sharing some space with us today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners and our viewers who you are and what it is you do. All right. So my name is Gina Guerreri. I have um, been blessed with the opportunity to work for an organization that hosts spiritual education for people around the world. Um, founded by Dr. Baskarin Pillai, the Pillai Center offers education to help end suffering, essentially. Meditation, um, self-development, retreats, a variety of ways we get this information to people, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in order for people to empower themselves with the knowledge, education um, that they are God. And that's what Dr. Pillai's main miss- mission is, is to help people understand who they are, what they're possibilities, what their potential is, and then end the suffering that is caused by being trapped in the illusion of what we sometimes think we are, wrapped up in ego, maya, karma, right? The illusion of our identity, the illusion of um, our perception of what the world is, and the karma, the, the kind of circumstance that we bring in, bring to ourselves through this and past lives that kind of keep us trapped in certain thoughts. So he provides these techniques, mostly in the form of mantras and meditation that can help unveil who you really are so that you can truly tap into that divine existence and hopefully do it on a regular basis because the mind continually wants to put us back into that box, that identity, the, the, you know, the thoughts that keep us from knowing who we really are. Um, so it's a persistent, you know, it's a persistent path that we need to be vig- vigilant on right? Like it's not just a one time you go to retreat and, or listen to a meditation or a mantra and it's done. It is like going to the gym, right? You have to continually keep it up because your mind will always default back to those negative thoughts, um, to the, the karmic circumstances that you think, you know, you are. And, um, and so what, what I find fascinating, I think about this path is that it is an everyday occurrence, 
right? It's not just, I decided to get into spirituality one day and, and, you know, try it out and then go back to my old life. If you're committed to a path of transformation, it is every day. It is every moment. And Dr. Ply has prayers that literally like, God, please, at every moment, allow me to remember you, remember who I am, to break this karmic pattern, to let go of these monkey mind thoughts, right? So it is, it's about that. It's just about being vigilant, being aligned with our own divine self and tapping into a community that helps you stay, um, stay aligned. So that's, and, and I'm blessed to um, work for Pillai Center. And I have been for the past 10 plus years. Before that, I was a volunteer. So that's what I do for my work. And it's also, you know, what I'm just grateful to be able to be on the planet to do. Oh, I love that. That's, that's awesome. In your opinion, why do you think it's, why do you think our own minds and our own brains try to keep us from remembering who we are? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I believe that we, if people believe in incarnation, I believe we incarnate to have lessons, to learn lessons in this life. And it could be stuff we consciously decided upon, like, oh, I'd really like to understand what it's like to be a woman next life, or right? Um, or it could be something we had maybe had a curiosity about. Um, or it could be some action that was taken in a past life that has us have to fulfill the rest of that. Like you started a relationship with somebody and now all of a sudden you met them. And you're like, Oh my God, I feel like I've known you forever. It's like, well, you probably did. And, <laughs> and you're finishing this pattern with them. So these lessons and, and um, karma or patterns that we bring with us, I believe is the reason we're here. And that to me is like, <clears throat> Some call it samsara, right? Like it's like the the pattern of which we are, uh, the pattern of the energy that we're using in this life, and then once we're self aware, because if you've had multiple lifetimes, you've start becoming more self aware, more conscious, and you start thinking, oh, well, there's got to be more to this, right? So we've got these karmic thoughts that we come with us from past lives, is from excuse <clears throat> me, from current life, like what happened with your parents when you were little. Um, astrology impacts our, our karma and our thoughts, our ancestors that have passed on feeding us thoughts or impacting um, the, the, the patterns, the thoughts that we have right now. So I feel like it's not so much that we decided or want to have this, you know, these patterns. It's just that this, that's what the karmic life cycle is about. That's what has us kind of be in this mode. And then when we become conscious, that's when we get aware of the fact that we could transcend those, that we could do something about it, it brings in the empowerment, the divinity of who we are, and um, it's kind of like getting your head above the those circumstances to, to make those changes. I hope I answered your question. I'm not sure. Yeah, I no, absolutely. Yeah, no, this is, you know, <laughs> complete conversation, you know, we're just conduits and we're just having this conversation. So it's awesome. Um, I love that, you know, and, and so from a, uh, you know, from the place of karma, you know, when we think about these things as samsara, when, when we talk about those things, you know, are we, in your opinion, do, do you think we're like fulfilling these like promises, you know, some might call them soul contracts, some might call them what have you. You know, mm -hmm. Do you think we're trying to fulfill these things and we're ultimately trying to 
experience life from all these different perspectives in many lifetimes? I think we are trying to fulfill them. I think that our soul is ultimately trying to go home, right? Mm. And um, there's a philosophy where, you know, we've come from source. We've come from absolute light. We are divine beings. And then at one point, the self that is contained inside of this vast light was like, oh, I want to experience myself as light. And so then we incarnate and then get the opportunity to forget who you really are in order to experience yourself as light. And then we go through however many <laughs> lifetimes to really get back to the source. And at that point, we're really just like, oh gosh, I really just want light again, right? <laughs> I really just want source again. Maybe I'm, um, you know, was able to experience myself as light in a variety of ways through a relationship or through career or through a spiritual path or, you know, anything that you're doing that fulfills you in a way. Um, and then we're, we, we go through this journey, this journey back to who we are. Hmm. I love that. You know, it makes me wonder and make me think, you know, when you talk about all coming from source, right? If we're coming from this one, whatever it may be, this source, this light, um, and we, we splinter off to try and experience these things. And mm -hmm. then, we're ultimately trying to get back to source. We're trying to get back to light, as you said. You know, I love that. I love that mm -hmm. phrase, you know. Why do you think it's so challenging for people, you know, living amongst our regular routines and our life here in this existence, you know, mm. in these vessels? Yeah. Why is it so challenging for us to even consider community and consider unity? I think the human mind has been designed in a way that has us be really preoccupied with our current survival mechanisms. And if you go back to the, um, the, the function and the development of the brain, right, for literally just to survive. And now that we don't have to, you know, fend off, you know, animals um, or hunt and gather, that mm -hmm. part of our brain still exists. And I believe it preoccupies itself with other mechanisms of survival. And so whether you're trying to pay your bills, bring the kids to school in the morning, those are all mechanisms of survival that we, we take on and have become more important than the path back to life. Because it's just life. It's, our, it's what we've designed as our current daily life. And so some people design their current daily life to maybe not have those things in them so much. And maybe those are renunciates or those are, you know, sannyasas, people who have devoted their life to um, the divine in a way where they don't have, you know, those preoccupations. And that, sure, that gives them an opportunity to focus more in on um, that path. Um, for the rest of us, it's what Dr. Ply calls a 200% life, 100% <laughs> spiritual and 100% material. And if you can commit to that and balance it, which is, you know, quite an undertaking, you have 100% material where I have a family and I have a job and I make money and I enjoy life, right? And then I have 100% spiritual where so I am pursuing myself as divinity. I am the God self. I am meditating, you know, continually. I am remembering. I am praying. I am worshiping. Right. And if you bring those two together, you have a, a, this balance that can happen here on earth. And I think that's one of the beautiful and unique things about Dr. Pillai's teachings is that he doesn't say you need to go be a renunciant, but he is 
all about the spiritual aspects, right? Mm. And one of the things that um, means a lot to me and from his teachings is that um, I I wouldn't want to give up the spiritual part for the material part, right? So it's not like I don't want money if it's going to take away my love for God, <laughs> like never, but give me both. And I'm a happy, you know, <laughs> happy camper. So that's, yeah. So that's, I think that's why people get wrapped up in um, the forgetting, you know, it's not on purpose, but it's the way certain lifestyles were designed that we created, you know, because we wanted to experience the life and, you know, the family and the career and whatever, um, that that just naturally takes away your energy. But if you can implement this 200% life, if you can implement this balance, then a whole new world opens up to you. And I get it's not easy. You know, I don't have kids. So like, and I, I, I've designed my life in a way that it's a little easier for me. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, um, but, but I feel for people who do and have these rich, wonderful lives, but also want to be able to um, find their way back. And to, and to them, we have a lot of them in our community. To them, I say, you are that light for your family. Mm. You know, you are embodying that spiritual growth, that energy, the empowerments you're getting from the meditations. And that's what you do for the world, right? So maybe it doesn't feel like it. Maybe you're taking the kids to school and you got a job you don't like, but you know what? You did that meditation in the morning for an hour or 20 minutes or five minutes or whatever it is, or you prayed or you lit a candle. And now you are embodying that. And now you, everybody you touch gets to touch that through you. So we are each those flames. Of, of light going out into the world. And the more we ignite our own, the more we can touch, even without mm. doing much, right? Other than maybe going to the grocery store or being on a podcast like this, right? Like the way you and every the, the folks who are um, committed to reaching more people are able to do so. And that's the unity, I think. Mm. That's the, the consciousness that each one of us brings to the global perspective of you know, reaching that higher vibration from the level of the world, world level. All right. Oh, oh, I love that. And I, I can totally align with that. It's, it's interesting because it's so challenging, right? You know, you brought up some really great points, like, you know, where, you know, one might not necessarily be in a position or have chosen, or that maybe they don't have a family, they don't have children versus, you know, maybe someone who is, you know, in a situation where they have a family and they have children and, you know, maybe, you know, they come from a place where it just kind of happened and that's okay. And mm -hmm. they're not trying to renounce that in any way, shape or form, but maybe there's this piece where they feel this guilt, where if they're focused on themselves, mm -hmm. they're worried about that feeling or conception, right? If they, they're worried about themselves, almost borderline selfishness, but it's not. Right. Yeah. What would be your advice for those, maybe those people who are in those situations where they have a family, but now they're, they're feeling like, you know what, like, yes, I do have to take care of me. And they're finding that balance where they are the light for their family and they're teaching their family these wonderful things and maybe their community around them. What would be some advice you would give them for how they could balance those feelings and those thoughts if they're maybe feeling a little too self-centered in that yeah. realm? Yeah, that's not, I mean, that's not uncommon, mm, right? right? So um, for somewhere, I think we've been conditioned to think that, you know, that life is all about giving to others or that, you know, this is the path, whether you're serving your husband or your children or your job. Um, 
or your wife, you, I think we've taken that on. Um, but, and there's some really great quotes on this that escape me at the moment, but the essence is that, you know, we, if our light is dim, we can't shine for others, right? So we must take care of ourselves. That meditation doing that morning, the morning, that walk you take, that way you replenish, serve, and nourish yourself is the way you better serve others in the world. And so everyone just has a different path in doing it, you know? So, yeah, I think once we get past that, there's some sort of misalignment there. There's some guilt that needs to be applied. There's some shame or whatever that is Mm -hmm. that can just go out the door because if you want to serve better, serve yourself, make sure that you're in a good place. Otherwise you're coming to others with, you know, a less than optimum attitude, low energy, and then you can't be of service. So it's just, and even logically it makes sense, (laughs) but we need to embody that. Yes, we deserve that. and, And that's where we need to be in order to serve others better. I, I, I agree and I completely align with that. It, it's, it's interesting that people find it so challenging, you know, right. when we can, we can embody compassion, we can embody kindness to others. And yet we don't even think about ourselves. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we get stuck in those daily routines. Yeah. So that brings me to thinking about Dr. Pillai and these teachings and these like, what, what about some of these teachings and philosophies were the first things that how did you first get involved to, to really like get it to, to shift and change your mindset and consciousness and ultimately raise your vibration? Mm-hmm. I met Dr. Pillai in 2000 and I had already studied with a different um, spiritual teacher before that. So I was not new to this world. I started meditating when I was 19. I was very blessed to find an amazing teacher in in college that I followed for many years. Um, And so when I met him, it was like going home. Like I, like I went, some of my friends who studied with the prior teacher said, Oh, you gotta, you gotta meet this guy. He's the real deal. And I was like, all right. Cause my prior, my previous teacher was like, you go to this auditorium, the room turns gold. It's amazing. Your life is, you know, changing all the time. It was no, like, it was no just walk in the park. It was like full on, you know, spiritual enlightenment and transformation from this amazing being that I was blessed to meet. And so then when I, when my friends from that teacher were like, cause he passed on hmm. my friends from that teacher were like, he's the real deal. You got to go do it. And I was like, okay. So I go to this webinar seminar. It's in person in New York city. And um, he walks out from behind the, you know, the door. And from the moment he walked from the door to sat in his seat, I just totally fell in love. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, it was like, like we talked about before, like my soul knew his soul and I knew who he was. And from that moment on, I was locked in. <laughs> I was just like, uh. and so for me, it was an instant connection. It was a past life, you know, you know, re- reconnection. And I knew that there was something there for me. Um, and then the night unfolded in a way that was incredible, like meditations that literally blew my mind open, like light in the, he did these guided meditations where you put light in the ears, the eyes, the nose, the mouth, like all these doorways, he calls them doorways to your consciousness. Um, and then this mantra that he was chanting, that whole room was chanting and my whole body was vibrating. And I was just like, I left there like, oh my gosh, yep, this is the, this is it. And that night he said, 
well, because he had students that were studying with him that were part of a program. And he said, well, I normally just open this up to my current students, but I was, you know, the divine told me to invite you all to this special thing the next day. And it was going to be from 10 a.m. the next day till 4 a.m. following morning. And it was a special thing called Mahashivaratri. If in Hinduism, you know what that is, it's there, you do vigil all night long and you um, honor Lord Shiva. And it's for deep karma removal and, and destiny changing. I had no idea any of this. I was not Hindu. I didn't know um, what this is about, but I was like, sign me up. You know, here it is. <laughs> so I did that. And then I was with him and a bunch of these people all night long in this, you know, what would seem like crazy thing for most people. Um, and then from there on, I just never stopped coming back. I volunteered. I um, did anything that I could to just contribute to his mission. Um, and how it changed my life is that I was introduced to a variety of mantras, some specifically that I remember from the beginning, Tirani Lakantam, which is the mantra for karma removal, and Adhikara, which is the mantra for manifestation, or what Dr. Ply calls impossibility buster. Like if it feels like something's impossible, you chant Adhikara, and you imagine how it's possible. And I literally did those, those meditations. And then of course, there's the awe meditation, which Dr. Pillai gave to Wayne Dyer, which is in the book, Manifest Your Destiny, which is an incredible meditation. You bring the energy from the base of your spine, the sex chakra, the root, the energy, mm -hmm. that, that creative force, and bring it all the way up to your third eye, where you imagine and visualize what you want to create. And Wayne Dyer did such a beautiful job at bringing this to millions of people. Um, and we have great testimonies from that. So those are the three meditations that I primarily did when I met Dr. Pillai. And from there, I, you know, everything shifted. I moved, uh, I moved, I um, got jobs. I made double the amount of money that I, that I was making. Um, my relationship shifted in a way that was, you know, more authentic and empowering to me. Um, a few years later, I bought a house uh, again, like continued to change jobs where I went from a full-time position that was not as flexible and not as um, lucrative to contracting where I was making just about double um, more freedom. Then I moved into another job where I was in sales. And then I, and then I ultimately um, was running my own business. So my progression in my career, my finances, my relationships, uh, my physical situation where I was, when I met him, I was renting at a, um, renting a room in an apartment in New York city. Right. And then I bought my house, I bought my own house on a lake in New Jersey. So, um, within a few years was so much blossomed for me in my spiritual life and in my material life. And spiritually, I just, I just was able to meditate easier. Um, his empowerment is visceral. Like when you, when you study with a living enlightened master, they, and you plug into them through love, that's how the plug works, then you receive their energy. And that to me was just a huge blessing um, because you just don't, you don't get that from a book. You don't get that from an audio from someone who might've, you know, passed on. It is a very unique opportunity and situation. So, you know, spiritually I was evolving and changing and then, um, and he was offering programs that uh, we got to talk to him and um, have interactions and have personal guidance. Back then the groups were smaller. And so we, we were able to have those types of um, blessings. So yeah, that's how I got started. That's how I got started. And 
what was your original question? <laughs> was there anything that I missed? <laughs> no, it's okay. You know, essentially, you know, just, you know, coming back to like how, you know, you know, learning or, or adopting some of these teachings, I guess, you know, the philosophies of Dati Palai, um, you know, where you were at, you know, to paraphrase, yeah. you know, just to kind of like, you know, how that shifted who you were and ultimately raised your vibration. But I, I think you, you touched on all those things, you, you know, <laughs> You're talking about, you know, your relationships changing. You're talking about like, you know, your financial situation changing and like, you know, for folks that might not necessarily be in tune or maybe they don't, maybe they're new to this, right? Maybe new to the, the idea of raising one's frequency or raising one's vibration, right? Mm -hmm. What you're describing, you know, where I might understand what you're describing and understand I think, you know, you're explaining it quite well, you know, you're articulating it in a sense of like where through love, that connectivity between, you know, Dr. Pillai, you were able to understand and then it resonated with you and you were able to change maybe some of your, you know, your thoughts Mm -hmm. and your life actions, or maybe even implement some of these practices and philosophies to help elevate your vibration and frequency. Am I correct in, in that? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, to me, the way vibration translates is how does it look in your life? Right. Right. So spiritually, we can talk about like vibration and and whatnot, but like from a very practical standpoint, if you're feeling like I'm vibrating so high, but like you're homeless and you're, you know, maybe not so happy about that. Right. Like (laughs) then you probably want to shift your perspective on what Mm. that might mean because, you know, Dr. Ply is very practical and, um, and he doesn't believe in being completely renounced because the world doesn't really support that. Mm-hmm. So yes, raising your vibration to me looks like you love your life. You're happier. You're more at peace. You have finances that support the lifestyle you want. You have loving relationships. Like to me, that's a raised vibration because then with that vibration of who you are and what you're vibrating with, like we talked about before, you bring that out into the world and now people see it, they feel it, they understand it. They're like, I want what she has, what he has. Right. And, and that's how we communicate. I think energetically we communicate by who we are and, and what we're putting out there in the world. And so, yes, as Dr. Pillai helped raise my vibration hundred percent. And what does that look like? That looks like a life that I love and is amazing. And, you know, fast forward 22 years from when I met him and I work for Pillai Center. This is my life's work. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to help bring people to India now, you know, to organize events, to facilitate retreats, to, you know, help facilitate our, our online um, uh, courses, things like that. So yeah, like my whole life has absolutely changed. And from a vibrational standpoint, you know, what has contributed to that? Mantras, mantras are sound vibrations that do raise your vibration. The more you chant them and write them and embody them, they shift literally who you are. Um, We can talk more about mantras later, maybe. But so there's mantras, there's the meditations where you're tapping into the deep sense of who you are, your your source, yourself. Um, And then there's the connection with the enlightened master. So to me, that's what helps raise the vibration. And yes, my life is totally <laughs> transformed from that. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so happy for you and so happy for so many others that are, are able to do that for themselves and their loved ones. Um, and yeah, honestly, I'd love to be able to, to talk about mantras and, and talk about like, you know, we're talking about like 
these are like, this is out of a lack of better terms, but like we're talking ancient technology. We're talking, we're talking sound and vibration and how it shifts everything, how it not only affects our neurological pathways, but like how it, it just changes the world around us. And I would love for you to be able to, you know, maybe go into some of the, you know, Dr. Pillai's mantras and how, you know, you know, I know, but I would love for you to elaborate on how he's kind of created and maybe, I guess, coalesced, if you will, some mantras to create some of these, these things that are in practice with the Pillai Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk first what a mantra is, right? For some folks. So Dr. Pillai defines the mantra as that which protects and act- activates the mind. So mantra is a protection of the mind. And so originally it was created so that, like we talked about before, the mind is just continually, it's defaulting on its survival negative you know, mechanisms. Mm. Mantra is put into the mind in, in the sense that you are chanting it um, in order to protect the mind from all that mind chatter that's not helping us evolve. Right. So if you want to evolve in a certain way, you use the mantra in order to protect the mind from that, which is diverting it from the evolutionary process. And when I say evolution, I mean, spiritually evolving Um, and different mantras have different sound waves, which have different qualities that when chanted, help us embody those qualities. So earlier I mentioned Tirani Lakantam, the mantra for removing karma. And the technique for that, quite simply, is focusing in on the throat, which is the, the, the chakra, the juncture that stores a lot of our karmic patterns and, t- and chanting this, this sound, this mantra. So the more you do it, the more these stuck patterns that we also talked about before from past lives, current lives, astrology, you know, um, uh, ancestors get kind of ingrained into our, our thoughts. And Dr. Plyas always says we have 30 to 60 thoughts per minute and none of them are, are intelligent, <laughs> right? So we're constantly thinking things. And so in order to uh, deflect and, and um, dissolve some of these unproductive thoughts, you would chant this mantra, particularly Tyranny Lakantan, especially if you're having challenges in life, like, oh my gosh, everything just seems to be going wrong. What is happening? Well, we don't know what's, maybe we don't see what's happening on the surface level, but underneath there's a whole lot of stuff happening, right? Like whatever that is going on in your soul level, that your lessons you're learning or, you know, things you've agreed to in past lives, like you were saying earlier, um, are unfolding (laughs) for you. So if it's not so pleasant, maybe this mantra is something that you'll want to use. So, um, so as I was saying, different mantras have different patterns and we use them for what, what they can provide to us. Um, I mentioned Arakara, that one helps to manifest, bring the thoughts into physical form. And that was given by a great sage. Um, and so there's a right, and the Shrimbrzi is, is, is our most popular mantra. <laughs> and it's wonderful because it's taken off in its own way. It has this organic, beautiful growth. If you searched on Shrimbrzi, especially on YouTube, you'd see a lot of, um, videos that aren't ours. And if you just read the comments underneath, like that's all the testimony you need. People, people are literally like people we don't know are just like, I did it. And this happened. I did it. And this happened. I, I got a raise and I got money in the mail and I, you know, 
so many different varieties of, 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 of responses from people. So um, that's one of my favorites. I absolutely love this mantra and it's such an empowering and beautiful and simple ways. Mantras are simple, right? And there's different ways to do mantras. You can do them um, in sitting in meditation where you're really absorbing the mind into the mantra in a deep level. And this is the most ideal way because you get to settle in and, and release the outer thoughts and focus mostly on the mantra. The mind will come and give us thoughts, just let them go and focus back. I like mantra meditation and or chakra meditation because it gives us something to focus on. Whereas just the emptiness meditation or the breath meditation to me is a little harder because it's less to anchor the mind into. But the mantra, if you're literally repeating it out loud or inwardly, you're bringing your mind back to that one thing. So the mind needs to do something. <laughs> so if we're giving it something um, more productive, more higher vibration to do and focus on them. Then that, to me, that's a little easier. So that's how you would take on. That's how you would start a mantra practice. Just start chanting it. It can be outward, chanting it out loud. It can be inward. I like to do both. Mostly I do inward because it's just easier for me to like kind of settle in and be more quiet. So ideally you're sitting in meditation, but you can also be chanting it throughout the day. And which is to me, one of the most important practices because it infuses into your lifestyle. And like we said earlier, we have so much going on and whether you're bringing the kids to school or, or doing, you know, household chores or driving to work, you can still have the mantra playing. You could be chanting it. So now you're overlaying, you know, your daily life with this spiritual aspect to just bring about a, one another layer of change, another layer of like removing some of those maybe anxiety or depression or or you know persistent thoughts that have you kind of you know not being who you really want to be. The mantra can help dissolve and protect the mind from those. So again, I feel like I went on a tangent, <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm not sure if I answered you. <laughs> I, I find I talk a lot more than I think I do. <laughs> so. That's good. That's what that's what a podcast is for. Mm -hmm. It's 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 for conversation and you're gonna have lots of mm -hmm. <laughs> I love tangents and it's literally all about like that's what it's about. It's about going into the deep, you know. Right, right. Time. And and that's the beauty of conversation that I feel like, you know, a lot of folks we 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 lose sight of that. We've maybe lost mm -hmm. the art of conversation and listening. Right. <laughs> so no, we're here to listen to you. And uh, no, I love that. And I can align with a lot of that, especially, you know, parts where like we can run mantras through our own mind. You know, we could be driving to work. Maybe we're dropping the kids off at school. Maybe we're going grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. And for some folks, it might be challenging to be able to do a few things at once and maybe keep that thought in their mind. But yeah, you know, it's, it takes uh, practice. Yes. Thank you. You knew exactly where I was going with yeah. that. It, it takes that practice. And with practice, there's discipline, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's really sometimes what I feel like, in my opinion, I feel like sometimes it can be challenging in, in mm -hmm. modern society and in this country, or at least in the United States, it can be distracting with, you know, social media and regular media or just in, in general entertainment. Um, and it's probably a little bit more difficult for some folks to to take that time for themselves. So what's some advice that maybe you would give an individual if they're they're looking to kind of shift their mindset and maybe try and raise their personal vibration with mm -hmm. mantras? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great because I am a bad student. Like I am just <laughs> persistent. Like my win is persistence, not like clarity, not quality. Um, but so uh, what I do is I have to constantly remind myself. So especially in the beginning, I'd like write notes, literally post-it notes, put it on the side of my bedside table, right? So that when I woke up, I'd be like, oh, that's that. Put that in my head right now. Don't go into like social media just for five minutes, two minutes, one minute, just like chant a mantra before you get out of the bed. So um, post-it notes, you know, and depending on who you live with or, you know, (laughs) what's appropriate in your bathroom window, next to your bed, on your refrigerator, in your car, on your desk, on your computer monitor, right? Just where you know you're going to be regularly. Reminders. Another thing I like to do is set an alarm on my phone that goes off every hour or every other hour, um, every hour and a half. And when that goes off, I'm like, okay, just 30 seconds, just stop and chant or focus in on a chakra and just sit. Literally, I do it for 30 seconds. It's not, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And you'll be so surprised at how quickly that that can develop when you just have a simple um, refocus throughout the day. And maybe it's every three hours, whatever it works for you, right? So, but if you did something five times a day, as opposed to never, if you did something five times a day for 30 seconds, as opposed to never, guess what? That's accumulation, right? And that's progress. So my advice is, Make reminders for yourself, whether they're in the physical environment. I should like literally write things down. I have a, a an alarm that I, I set. Um, and then I've started what I was able to do early on was trigger myself. So whenever I was waiting, I would put the mantra into my head. Mm-hmm. So whenever I and I did this by like acknowledging when waiting happens, right? You're in a, a elevator, you're at a red light, you're waiting online to get your food, your or pay or whatever. Um, anytime you're waiting, put the mantra in the mind, and then you're using that my that that time appropriately, not appropriately, productively, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and any other time where you feel like you're maybe letting your mind run wild, <laughs> like you're driving or doing dishes or vacuum, you know, like the things that we tend to like be occupied doing something else, let the mind focus on the mantra. Because what else are you thinking about? Probably other stuff that is going to you know, propel you to maybe have thoughts you don't want to have or anxiety or, or whatever, right? Like, so if the mind is always defaulting to the negative, let it default less to the negative and put the mantra into it. The other um, time is whenever a really negative thought comes. Mm. So I'm like, oh, you know, I kind of just, I don't want to think that anymore. And I just start chanting mantras, right? <laughs> like, if you know, if you could, I mean, you, here's the thing you have to acknowledge be aware enough to acknowledge you're having that negative thought. And sometimes that comes in the form of like how you makes you feel, or maybe you feel like you want to, like you want to say it to somebody, right? Like, and you just kind of stop yourself and go, do I really need to do that? Right. Can I just chant this mantra instead? Is that really so important to me to either spread gossip or say something negative or say something negative about myself or somebody else? Right. Like, so there's these opportunities we have, and those are my, top few of what I've been able to do. And it is practice and it's consistent and it never goes away, right? Like, because the mind will default back. It's kind of like going to the gym. Like I said, if you go every day, yeah, you'll develop muscles and then it'll be easier and easier. Once you stop, you stop for a few months, you're back at zero, right? Like you got to ramp back up. So 
even if, and but, but if you went once a week for those few months, as opposed to five times, what you were before, doing before, it's the consistency that just at least keeps something going. So that's, so even with my spiritual practice, if I, if I kind of fall off and I'm not sitting and meditating every single day, but I'm still setting my alarm and I'm still doing the 30 seconds every few hours, or I'm still praying and lighting a candle and like I'm doing, you know, something that's a little simpler then at least I'm still progressing. So it can look different and we have to give ourselves a break, right? We live in a hectic world. We have a lot of responsibilities. Um, you're never going to be perfect. That's why they call it a practice, right? This spiritual practice is called that for a reason, because we're just continually working on ourselves. And I get this a lot in our, in our community with our folks too. And it's like, oh, I just want to be able to meditate two hours a day. And like, yeah, so does everybody. Like we, we want to, but that doesn't always apply to our practical lives. And so maybe you can meditate for 20 minutes, maybe five minutes. Maybe you just chanted to yourself today, right? It's all okay. Let it be dynamic. Let yourself, you know, there's no such thing as a bad meditation, right? It's only when we treat ourselves badly about it, if we feel like we did it not, you know, correctly, which is a misperception. So give yourself a break, do what works best for you and be consistent consistency, whatever. And, and that can look however you want it to look. I love that. And I can totally align with that. And I think a lot of folks can align with that because it's life happens. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to. And I love, I love that, that part about that's why it's called practice because right. we do need to put it in practice. We can't just expect to just wake up and suddenly, you know, we've reached, yeah. yeah, this is it. <laughs> I'm at the pinnacle. Like it takes time. It takes effort and it takes practice. So mm -hmm. I love that you touched upon that. So thank you for, for yeah. sharing that. You're welcome. Keeping on with Dr. Pillai and we're talking about, you know, I'd like to really, if you wouldn't mind uh, talking a little bit about like Shreem Brzee and mm -hmm. talking about, you know, um, what it encompasses, what it entails and, and maybe some of the benefits that maybe you have experienced from it. Yeah. So Dr. Ply has some great videos where he explains it way better than I do, but I'll do my best. So <laughs> Dream Brizzy is a mantra. It was created in a very unique way. So Shreem is, is a mantra that's been out for eons. It is the seed sound to goddess Lakshmi. Lakshmi in Hinduism is the goddess of beauty, prosperity, purity, sustenance, things that sustain us in this world. So there's three godheads in Hinduism, Shiva, Parvati, Vishnu, Lakshmi, um, Saraswati, Brahma. And there's the creation, sustaining, and destruction aspects of them. And so the Lakshmi is the sustaining. And so anything in this world that we need to sustain ourselves, right? That's where she comes in. And so her seed sound is Shreem. And so you have that, and that's the embodiment of this beauty, you know, sustenance, purity, uh, prosperity. And then there's the sound brzee. This sound doesn't exist. It didn't exist before it was given to Dr. Pillai. And how it came to him was in a very divine way. He had this, in, in India, they have nadis, nadi readings, and they're ancient palm leaves. In particular, people are, you know, in their family able to read what's on these. So it's a divine reading. And um, this reader said, and, and they come from, and they come from different people. Like 
So different sages will have different what's called nadis. So maybe Augustia is one of the sages. Um, Lord Shiva can give a nadi. Um, and this one was, I forget who it came through, but in the reading, it was saying that this sage, Vishwamitra, wanted to give a sound to Dr. Pillai. And so it was interesting because there's no Z, the letter Z in um, Tamil, the Tamil language or in Sanskrit. And so when the reading was happening, um, Mohini, Dr. Pillai's longest standing student, you know, premier student um, was with him at the time. And the reader said, take a dollar, take in your wallet, you have a US dollar bill. She's from the US. Um, and she said, okay, she opened it up and he said, and I forget if it was a certain number of letters. He's like two letters in or whatever it is. There's this symbol, say it. And she's like, it's a Z. And so he's like, yeah. So he spelled out, but he didn't know Z because they didn't literally have it in their language, but he knew, but he was getting this divine transmission that this letter had to be part of the, this mantra that was being given from Vishwamitra. So B-R-Z-E-E is the sound. And in the reading, it said that Vishwamitra, this saint, this sage, um, had meditated in a different dimension for 1500 years in order to anchor and in order to have manifest this particular sound. And this sound is to remove scarcity of all kinds. So scarcity in anything, whether you have scarcity of I can have abundant health, I have scarcity and I can have abundant wealth, I have scarcity and that I could have, you know, a beautiful, loving family or relationship, right? All the ways that our mind and our bodies reject total abundance, manifest itself as scarcity, right? Like I can't have it all. But the sound brzee embodies full abundance and the removal of scarcity. And so when he, when Dr. Pillai received this sound, um, the sage Vishwamitra said, okay, now you need to go bring it to the world. <laughs> like I did it. I did the work. I meditated. Here it is. Here's the gift, <laughs> you know? And, and Dr. Pillai was like, okay. So he, it was like late 1990s and he started doing, you know, teaching it, you know, in the circle of people that he had, um, you know, there wasn't much in terms of um, widespread audio uh, video uh, those right. days. So he just did it for his students and taught. And um, we have this really old video when it was recorded, when he gave it out for one of the first times, he's got the big long beard. It's back when he was like full on guru. Um, but, and so, uh, yeah, so he started and then it just continued to take off. And then in I think it was, I forget which year, early 2000 or somewhere, maybe 2005 or so, he put Shreem with it. So that's when he said, okay, there's Brzee. I want to add Shreem to add this added element of the Lakshmi goddess. Um, so Shreem Brzee was born then. So those mantras can stand on their own. People always ask this question, can I do Shreem? Can I do Brzee? Can I do Shreem Brzee? You can do either or both of them combined. And, um, and so that's how Shreem Brzee was born. And now it has become kind of a sensation to many people who have found it, uh, who love it, who, who chant it. It is my favorite mantra. I just, I love the, the um, essence of it. To mm -hmm. me, it just feels like pure, it's just, it's just purity. You know, if it's, if you could float up into a, a heavenly abode, you know, a heavenly world where there was just like absolute beauty, purity, light of all kinds, um, absolute wealth, uh, all of the, just imagine 
Imagine a world like that. To me, that's what Shreem Brzee feels like. And so when I chant the mantra and I get to experience that for just a second or, you know, I get to even imagine how that world could be like in my own self and in in my life, that just brings me joy. So to me, Shreem Brzee brings me joy. It brings um, this love for the mantra. And then once that love is ignited, I can kind of feel that around me and for others. So uh, it also has brought me prosperity. Like since I started chanting, I got really into it in 2015. Um, it was kind of like a rebirth for the mantra. So Dr. Pillai had uh, put the stream of Brazil together, I think around 2005 or 2006. And, um, and then in 2015, he uh, said, well, you know, I've kind, of, I've kind of neglected this mantra and I really want to bring it back into this, into you know, everyone's awareness. So he started doing that. And that's when I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Love it. Let's do this. And so we started, you know, created a Facebook group and just back then that's what was, you know, the easiest thing to do. And since then made more videos and, um, helped have this mantra reach more people. And that's when I got into it. And since then my material life has changed quite a bit from, you know, just things that make life easier, better equipment, um, increased positioning in my job, my career, increased money, wealth, cars. I went from like this really old, <laughs> yeah, my, I had this really old uh, Volkswagen that I was still driving and it was kind of, and it, this is the scarcity mindset. I was like, oh, it's okay. I don't want a car payment, you know, <laughs> and <Totally>. then, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's all right. It's fine. And but back in my mind is like, I should have a nicer car, you know, <laughs> like to getting a brand new car, you know, uh, later that year. Uh, and then increasing from, you know, the, the cute little Nissan that I had to now I get to drive a beautiful Mercedes. Like I, like to me, the progression in my material life is, um, it's, it's an inward to outward situation. Right. And so the, the spirit manifests matter inward manifests outer. And so the more we are aligned with the vibration of this abundance, this beauty, this purity, this sustenance, the more it'll come into our world. And the less we block it, right, from our, our doubts, our fears, our negativity, our lack of faith, all of that will stop it, right? So we have to be doing both sides, like chanting the mantra and, and, you know, and wanting the abundance and then allowing this to fall away. And that's the beauty of Brzee is that Brzee doesn't only give you abundance, it removes the scarcity. Mm. Dr. Ply calls it the removal of karma. And so um, that allows us, so this mantra balances both, which is really great. So even if you're not consciously thinking of like, I need to let go of those scarcity thoughts, the mantra will help do it for you. Cause like we talked about before, the mantra is protecting the mind. And this mantra is protecting the mind from your scarcity, from your poverty, from, you know, your lack of lack of faith and your, in your doubt. So that's, you know, one of the reasons why I really love this mantra. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it's a great, that's stream Z. I love that. And, and for folks who might not necessarily be aware, um, is there <clears throat> for folks maybe just starting to get into mantras, you know, mm-hmm. maybe we can talk about, you know, a number of times we chant it, maybe how it reflects in how we use that with, uh, you know, for folks that might not know Marma points and might not understand um, how many times would someone chant this mantra? Yeah, great question. Um, so 
There's a couple of answers to that. One mm-hmm. is chant it as many times as you want to have results, right? <laughs> like, so there's no end. It's not that you should, you know, stop at some point. Um, the more you chant a mantra, the more you become aligned with it, the more it vibrates within you, the faster it'll manifest outwardly, right? Mm-hmm. However, if people need a number, sometimes people just need a number. <laughs> so right, right, yeah. You, Give me a number. What, what, what am I doing? <laughs> 108 times, you know, it's like the default of, of right. like what you should do something. Uh, in which case, if you get a little um, mala beads, I usually I'll wear mine and I'll chant and put them away or um, little, little clicker, you know, sometimes they have little um, counters that you can use. Um, counting is a great way to keep track for yourself so that you can measure if and how much you've improved or changed or increased your practice. So I love measurement in that sense. Mm. Um, and so for me, I've usually gotten one of those little, those little things you carry around and, and can count on your hand. Cause then you can see, Oh, I did a 2000 today or yesterday. I did a hundred yesterday, you know, like where you're at with what you're doing. Um, but like I said earlier as well, when you're just chanting, when you're doing other things, that can be your bonus, right? Like I just chanted, you know, how many, you didn't know how many times you did it maybe, but you were just doing it while you, um, you know, cleaned. So, so yeah. So the, the bottom line is basic 108 times a day. If you were going to start your practice and you're like, you know what, I'm going to start easy. Cause it, for stream Brzee, since it's a small, it's a short mantra, 108 times does not take you a long time because you don't need to do it all that slowly. If you're sitting in meditation and you're wanting to go deeper, then sure, you can do it a little slower or you can do a more, you know, a, a larger number of times. Um, so either way, so either you're sitting in meditation, which helps you go deeper, helps you infuse the mantra um, more into your vibrational energy body, um, or you do it as you're going along. And like I said, there's no hard and fast rules. It's what works best for you. Just start, (laughs) just do something and be consistent with one thing. So let's say 108 times a day, I'm going to do it for 30 days. Just set that as your goal and then see where you go. And then maybe you'll find yourself wanting to do more. Maybe you'll find yourself um, really loving this and, and then just doing it automatically. Um, There's different, there's, then there's, um, meditations that you could do. So maybe you start out with the, the chanting and that's pretty easy for you, but then you want to do a meditation and we have a free meditation from Dr. Pillai, where you put string Brzee into the eyes, the ears, the nose, the mouth, those doorways of your consciousness. Um, you can write string Brzee. That's another way to infuse it into you. And just maybe like if you have a planner, right. And the beginning of your day, just write it at the top of the page. That's like one way of, of uh, what Dr. Ply talks about is taking the unmanifest and making it manifest or the, the non-physical to physical when you write a mantra. So that's just a fun way to incorporate it as well. So those are a couple easy ways to get started. Oh, and my favorite is to play in the background. To me, this is like one and done, right? Like you put it on, if you have, if you have uh, some sort of device that just will continually play 24 seven, and you put it on once. Like I have a little intercom in my, in one of my rooms where it just plays 24 seven, or I have a little old iPhone that I have in my bedroom that I put it on and it just continually plays. So if you can do something like that, then that will remind you of the mantra when you forget, because we're all doing life. Right. So that is another thing. So I would, you chant it 108 times a day to get started, put it on in the background. Um, you can sit in meditation, even if it's just a couple minutes, if you have time for that and just chant the mantra. Um, and you can write it if you'd like, 
Now, in terms of the marma points or the chakras that you were mentioning before, the heart chakra is a good one um, for just embodying love and balance, right? And so if you're bringing that in, so here's, let me, let me back up. So there's three main chakras that I would recommend or the Dr. Ply recommends specifically for this mantra or in most of them, the navel center. So right at the belly button um, or an inch below the belly button, you have your navel chakra for willpower and for um, kind of, yeah, for willpower. So you can chant it there. And Lakshmi is present in that chakra. So this is a good one. It's a lot of power, a lot of energy there. Then you have your heart, which is love and balance. And you have your throat chakra. Sorry, I'm going to do four, not three. And you have your throat (laughs) chakra, which is um, a creative um, vortex, but also, like we said before, karma removal. It's the clearing. And then you have your third eye. Okay. So you can go through these four chakras to and and place the mantra in there. And I like mantra chakra combinations, like I said before, because it helps to keep me focused. So if I'm sitting and doing a meditation, easier for me to be focusing on a place in my body and chanting a mantra than just kind of zoning out because then more thoughts may come. That's me. You know, some people love just doing Zen meditation, um, harder for me. So um, combining the chakras with the sound, really powerful. Awesome. And you bring up so many great uh, tools and, and I, mm. I think some great advice and some insight for folks that, you know, I think so many people, at least a lot of the folks that I've talked to, um, they struggle with some of that, you know, Zen meditation, they need some sort of focus, right? And mm. it helps them kind of help those thoughts to help them enable, let those thoughts wash over their mind, enter and exit. So to have a focal point and then to add you know, a mantra to that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think it, for in my personal life has been very beneficial. So I, I'm, thank you for sharing some of those great insights. So thank you. You're Where could folks find more information on, on, on Dr. Pillai and um, some of the great stuff that Dr. Pillai yourself uh, and the center are doing? Great. So PillaiCenter.com is our website and Shreembrzee.com. So Pillai Center. And then streambrzee.com is dedicated to streambrzee. It's a new website we've put together to be more of the hub of the streambrzee content, even though you can also find it on Pillai Center. So Pillai Center is dedicated towards Dr. Pillai's teachings, his courses. Um, We also do uh, rituals that get performed for you in India. So there's a variety of services. Join the communities on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all under the tag um, you know, the name Pillai Center, um, lots of good, you know, free educational content that gets put out. So that's the way you can connect there. And then streambrzee, com, And then streambrzee official is our, is our name on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And then we have a Twitter as well. So yeah, just connect with the online community on streambrzee.com. You can um, enter your email address to get a free kind of starter kit where we give you the mantra that you can play, um, the meditation that you can use and, and getting started, right? Like kind of instructions on how to really just incorporate, begin to incorporate Shreemurzi into your life. And that's where you want to begin and let it be as easy and, and dynamic as it is for you in your life. Um, so that's how I would recommend people get started on Shreemurzi. For Pillai Center, there's so many different mantras. There's always so much going on. And Dr. Pillai is always so, <laughs> he's always so 
prolific in, in everything that he, he gives. So um, there's a starter course on there, which gives you five mantras. So uh, many of the ones that I mentioned today, so you can do that. And that's absolutely free too. So you just, it's a five week program, five different mantras on how to get started with each of them. That's great. And are there any events coming up? Uh, maybe anything that you'd like to talk about that are maybe coming up in the next couple of, you know, a few weeks, months. So D- Dr. Pillai has actually, and just recently announced his premier year long mystery school program. And that is the program that he teaches all year long. And that starts on June 5th. And um, if anyone's interested in that, there's a variety of ways you can join. And what's unique about it is that he doesn't teach any other program for this amount of time or this amount of energy. He's withdrawing more and more into silence. He is you know, making himself less available. He's going deeper into his own spiritual practice. But Mystery School is the one program he's dedicated to that he uses um, to teach. It's his vehicle for, for bringing his you know, kind of divine transmission of what comes through him at any given moment to the people who are committed to join that program. So that's happening. Um, and after that program, we're planning on having what's called Mantra Labs. Dr. Pillai is putting together a program where you would experiment with different mantras. So maybe you're not sure which one is right for you. And we're going to give a way for you to use, learn, and analyze how the mantra is working in your life over a three-month period. So that will be happening um, this year. And then we do have um, free events that happen for Shreemberzi every month. And that's just, you know, something to register for and get in, you know, just start learning more about it. And I usually host those we do power time updates of like how the energy celestial shifts occur throughout the month and how you can use Stream Brazil to enhance your practice during those particular times, um, workshops on how to use Stream Brazil. So lots of free stuff that you're able to kind of benefit from in that respect as well. Awesome. That's great. And can folks find you on Instagram as well too? Um, do you have some stuff coming up yourself personally as well? Uh, no, I don't have anything personally because I do a lot of work with Pillai Center. I bet, yeah. <laughs> but I am planning to um, put out something. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me about um, kind of divine feminine energy and um, aspects of embodying the goddess and things like that, which I've learned from Dr. Pillai and it's just one of my favorite topics. So at some point I will be putting some content out about that. Um, and I can be found Gina Guerreri, um on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Well, Gina, I can't thank you enough for your time, your energy, and just uh, sharing this space with us today. It really means a lot. So thank you so much. It has been so much fun spending this time with you. And thank you. Thank you for what you do and getting you know consciousness and the messages that you do to so many people. So we need people like you. And I really appreciate um, you inviting me. And there you have it. I can't thank Gina enough for taking some time and just sharing some energy with us, as well as some insight around mantras and meditation techniques that are implemented with the Palai Center. We learned about the origins of Shreembrazi, the mantra that Dr. Palai had received through that symbol and that subsequent sound. We also talked about some of the offerings that the Palai Center has, like the upcoming mantra labs. If you're looking for some more information about the Palai Center, you can go to palaicenter.com. And you can find the Palai Center on Instagram at Palai Center, as well as at Shreem Brzee Official. Be sure to follow Gina on Instagram, and that's at Gina underscore Gariri. 
If you're watching, hit that like button, and we hope you subscribe to the channel. Comment below and let us know what you think of this episode. If you're listening to it, please take a moment and rate it. We're a new podcast, and by you rating it, helps us reach more people. Until next time, take care of one another, and keep thinking for yourself.